What is up, you guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Tea with Tina podcast. And we have another Whatever Wednesday coming at you. I don't know about you, but I've been loving the Whatever Wednesdays um, because I do love chatting about health and fitness, but I love just chatting about random topics as well in Whatever Wednesday. Perfect. So... We're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, the beginner's guide to being a houseplant mom or maybe a plant daddy, Um, you know, whatever you are, (laughs) Um, however you identify, a houseplant person. So you want to be a houseplant mom person (laughs) daddy um wherever you are whoever's listening you clicked on this probably because you do want to be a houseplant person um a lot of people got into houseplants during the pandemic right we started growing these plants and it became an addiction that's kind of where mine started uh it was a hobby So I'm going to kind of go over the different things that you should consider when you have a plant. The big things like lighting, um, soil. I have some notes here too so I don't go off track. Potting, watering, um, and then just some side uh, tips, okay? So first we're going to start with light. I want you to consider your lighting situation. I'm in an apartment. I have like those half windows through most of my house. So I generally do low light. Um, Some things I guess could be medium light maybe if you set them right at the window. But the way my house is set up, I can't like put stuff directly on my sills. They're on shelves that are kind of away from the window. So most people, unless you have like a sunroom or really good light, Mm, you're probably going to be low light just to be safe. Um, low light are going to be the easiest. High light <laughs> is like cacti and succulents, like desert light, desert sunlight. Um, so what I'd recommend if you want to have medium and high light plants in your house or you want to make sure you're getting enough light is to invest in a plant light. And I have one. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It is kind of tall I think you can adjust it it's probably like five or six feet and we got it from Amazon of course and it has like these three or four arms on them and it has um blue light and red light and each one does something I forget one stimulates growth one stimulates like photosynthesis but we turn both of them on together so it looks purple it kind of looks like a weed grow light um it might be used for that I don't know (laughs) but um you can adjust the arms you know depending on what um where how your plants are angled and we actually have two of them now since i have plants throughout the house and we'll kind of rotate where the lights sit but you plug it in you can set it on a timer it has like four hours eight hours 12 hours whatever um and it's been really great they work really well and they're very inexpensive i think they were like 20 to 30 dollars compared to other grow lights that you may find this was worth it i also have strip lights um because i have a bookshelf essentially picture five shelves and the bottom shelf is used for my cacti and succulents so we have strip lighting under there that is also plant light and we knock it up to like 16 hours a day don't be afraid to give them light because like it's they're so dramatic eight hours like it's not enough for them like never water the cacti or succulents and just blast them with light that's essentially what you got to do so (laughs) 
<laughs> um, that's what we've been doing. And everyone's going to be different depending on like your, how humid your air is, um, what climate you live in, you know, what temperature you keep your house at. Like there's so many different factors. So everyone's going to be a little bit different. So take it with a grain of salt. Plants will die. You will have some casualties, but it's okay. You can get new ones <laughs> is the circle of life. Okay. So going to the, to the lighting, some low light plants I highly recommend because these are really easy to take care of. One, we have a Chinese evergreen. They're super pretty. Um, I have a green one, like I think it's called a jade Chinese evergreen because there's different variants of all of these plants. So definitely do your Google research. And then one that I guess comes out during winter time is it's a Chinese evergreen and it has hot pink, like neon pink, um, coloring in the center of the leaves and it looks really cool um i was kind of shocked that it was a low light plant which it kind of is i still put it under some light um from my plant light just to be safe but it sits in a shelf in the dark otherwise <laughs> just like my other chinese evergreen sits in a dark corner but we move it to the window when we're at work for light or whatever but um since usually stuff with bright colors are considered more tropical plants and they will require more light, but this one does not. So it's definitely an outlier. It's kind of unique and I like that. So I have those. Um, snake plants. Oh my God, they can survive the apocalypse. Okay. Snake plants are super easy. Tons of different variations, different colors, um, different sizes. You have whale fins. You have ones that like our different shapes so there's all kinds of cool stuff going on there as far as snake plants super easy like you don't have to water them you can like go six months without watering them and they'll be fine you can water them regularly and they'll be fine you just gotta stay consistent to whatever schedule they can tolerate high light they can tolerate no light it's great they're fantastic you can like spit on them and they'll be fine <laughs> they're like thank you for the water so snake plants definitely a fantastic starter plant zz plants another one of my personal favorites it's funny when i'm talking about these i'm in my bedroom recording right now and i have um my zz in here my favorite is my raven so i had a raven zz about a year or two ago and we went away on a trip and he was really big okay and binks my cat decided to jump on it and like tony hawk skate off of it and he knocked the pot over it was a big ceramic pot so the pot shattered and the babysitter at the time cat sitter <laughs> um was like oh what do i do with this and we're like just throw it away so i lost my zz my raven zz um by the way raven zz's are pretty much black in color um very very dark green technically but they look black so it's super cool when they have new growth, the new growth comes up as, like, neon green, bright green. But, um, it darkens as time goes on, so don't freak out. But I got another one, picked it up at Home Depot. She's good. She's actually thrown off so... Well, no, did I get it at Home Depot? No, I got it at a plant shop. And she's thrown off so many shoots. I'm so happy. Um, she's growing. She's thriving. Super easy to take care of. Um, again, low light water when the soil's dry super easy i have a regular zz as well like a green one and that's pretty cool oh here comes my my kitty mr binks he's gonna come and rub up against my laptop that's why i'm recording <laughs> he's needy so i apologize if you hear maybe shuffling or kitty meows in the background he's getting back rubs um then we have pothos oh my god i freaking love pothos 
Pothos are amazing. They're super easy. They get very viney and long and pretty and full. Um, I have had very good luck with them. Um, there's so many variations. There's golden ones. There's queen marble. You can get green. It's like so many different ones. Definitely another good starter plant. Um, while I'm thinking about it, this one's going to probably require medium light because I put it under my plant light most of the day, but one that's really easy that I didn't expect to be easy that's beginner friendly is string of hearts. I have not tried any other of the strings because I'm really nervous, but I got a string of hearts at my last plant crawl and they're pretty. They're very stringy. Um, they have, like I said, they're heart shaped. They're very stringy. Um, they have like a hot pink outline to them or like a faint pink outline, which is really cool, which is why they look like a string of hearts. Um, you can look them up. And really, I just bottom water them and like it's been growing like a freaking weed. It's been crazy. I'm so happy. I was like, oh my God, I didn't kill it. This is awesome. So that's another easy one um, if you want to try. It's more like less is more with those plants for sure too. Don't be afraid to neglect it, quote unquote. I'll get more into it with watering and stuff, but less is definitely more. Um, another one I found on clearance for a dollar which again, I'll also get more into about that, was an arrowhead plant. I really want a baby pink one. Oh my God. I want a baby pink one. Derek won't let me get it yet because I have too many, but I have a green arrowhead. Um, super easy also. Kind of like a pothos almost. They get like um, new sprouts all the time. Super easy to take care of. They're cool. Mine was almost dying and it came back to life like instantly. Um, and monsteras. Monsteras I feel like can be finicky, um, you just kind of have to go in and know. They're like the stereotypical one you always see, like, associated with houseplants. They're the big leaves with the, like, cutouts in them. Um, mine had pests when I got it, because I got mine at Home Depot for, like, 10 bucks, and I think they knew they had pests, so I just sprayed mine down, which, again, I'll give you some info on that in a little bit. But they get very big. Mine's put off, like, four or five different leaves since I got it. Um, you have to kind of put stakes in it to keep the leaves up because they're so big and heavy they'll start to get droopy so a lot of people time together um like I said they prop them up they time the sticks kind of like a tomato plant how you tie the vines up and things like that um but it's pretty cool I like my monstera for sure too and I'm pretty sure they can tolerate lower light I put my plant light on it I put my plant light on most of my plants none of them get like burned or scorched or too much light so um it just kind of gives them a little boost. Like, if you have low light, your, like, for instance, a snake plant, it might not die. It might just um, not grow as quickly. I've noticed when I put lights on my low light plants, they just tend to produce more and they'll get bigger faster. Okay. Kind of like when they're in the greenhouse, right? They're under those ideal conditions. It's super humid. They have the perfect amount of light. So it's almost like they're on steroids and they just grow like crazy. So that's pretty much low light. There's a lot of good options out there. Medium light. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I really have many medium light plants. I either have low or high. I don't really know what's classified as medium. I think a lot of tropical plants, and since I have a very dry climate um, in my house and I have to have constant 
moisture on them. I just don't go for the medium light. Um, they're too finicky. But the highlight, that's literally anything cacti and succulents. Don't ask me, like, air plants. Derek has, like, an obsession with air plants. I don't know why. That's, like, his babies. He takes care of them. Um, he, like, missed them, and he let them dry out by the window. I used to like them, but mine kept dying, so I was like, whatever. Um, I think it's because the air is too dry, honestly, for us. And, um... What else was I going to say? Oh, succulents? Don't even ask me. Don't ask me. I can blast them with light. They start reaching, which means they're not getting enough light. Um, their leaves fall off if I don't water them. If I water them, their leaves fall off and they die. So I have no idea what the magic is to succulents. Not a fan. Cacti, though, on the other hand, I don't have issues. Cacti are very resilient. Like I said, they can go weeks and weeks and weeks without um, watering they love to be blasted with sunlight. Think about in the desert, you know, sometimes you go months without rain and then you get this big downpour. So you got to kind of mimic that environment for them. Another one that's cool to look up is lithrops, or I think that's what they're called, lithrops or lithops. Um, they're known as zombie brains and these guys are really cool. They look like a little brain when you look at them and they grow by pretty much breaking open in half and another one comes up. Sometimes they keep the two that um, break in half to like spread and sometimes a, a new one just comes up and the leaves die around it. Um, but these guys, literally, they tell you not to water it until it starts to get shrivelly and they just get blasted with light. They're also known, I think, as like living stones. And it's because literally, like I've watered mine probably once a year, <laughs> if that. It's a it's absolutely insane, and they're fine. Nothing's wrong with them. They're not dying. They're just living. So, um, I've had one for a little over a year. I watered it when I first got it because it was wrinkly within the first couple months, and I watered it, and instantly it grew a new shoot and shed its old leaves. I have another one that I just got, and I planted it next to it, so we'll see how long it takes before I have to water it. <laughs> Um, but it's pretty cool. I love those guys. Super fun. Um, so if you're very forgetful, that's probably your best there. Um, I also, like I said, remember I have my cacti under the specific grow light, um, under the shelf because a lot of my cacti are small. Cacti take very long to grow. Some get kind of arms on them and they might grow a little faster. I've propagated a couple of mine because they just keep shooting off these arms. But, like, barrel cactuses and things like that grow very slowly. Um, it'll take years and years and years for them to grow. I think they might even grow, like, a, I don't know, something like an inch a year under ideal conditions. That's why if you find, like, big ones that are, like, four to six feet, sometimes more tall, like, that you find in the desert, they're pretty penny. They're, like, two to eight hundred dollars. Um, but they're pretty cool, so... Um, all right, going into soil. You don't really need anything fancy here, okay? I might be shocking you, but don't overthink it. Don't get the fancy stuff. Like, there's those clay balls. I think, what's it called? It's like lycra or something like that. Um, you don't need all these fancy mixtures. There's some people on IG, they get super into, like, all these, oh, you have to you know, mix this part with this part. There's certain plants that are finicky, like I'd say like orchids and African violets, like there's specific soil for them. But I've learned to not, not overdo it. Like I used to put pebbles in, in the bottom of my um, 
pots and I realized that it just cut off the drainage when they say it should improve the drainage. No. The pebbles get stuck in the drainage holes and then they end up getting moldy because they can't drain properly. Um, I just use my general indoor house plant soil mix. It's, um, I forget what this stuff is called. I just went and checked the bag. It's, um, perlite. The little white airy stones that you'll see throughout your normal soil. That's perlite that helps with drainage. So, you know, your typical your typical indoor soil is going to have a little bit, but I usually add a little bit more. I just had a little scoop. I get the pure perlite, perlite, pure perlite, and add it and mix it in just so it gets a little bit better drainage with it um, because most plants don't like to sit in water because that allows for um, gnats because they like moist environments. It allows for root rot, which we don't want. You want it to absorb the water it needs and drain the excess essentially which is why you want that um, perlite you can also bottom water again I'll get into that when I get into the watering portion um, but that allows the plant to kind of soak up what it needs so we got the perlite that's a staple with the indoor um, potting mix um, I also may add like sand I got black sand before but I've actually even switched over to just the cacti um, and succulent mix completely. So I do that with my cacti and succulents. It just makes it easier. It has the right nutrients so you don't have to mix your own unless that's something you really want to do. Um, like I said, I might add additional sand or perlite just to make it a little bit more um, drainable. But that's really it. But also, there's a thing called peat moss. This is, it's a little bit thicker, um, spongier, it's moist, it's like a moss, and I usually add that into plants that like moisture and they want to stay somewhat damp, which there's very few that are like that, but there are a couple that like to stay moist. Um, so I'll add the peat moss and just be wary, I've found that even the ones that enjoy the peat moss are more prone to getting mold on the top so I'll notice a white mold because it'll stay wet like damp for so long so there's a really easy fix to that though um you can mix up some apple cider vinegar and water and literally just spray it on the top of your soil kind of soak it it kills it right away but it doesn't harm the plant um so that's something you could do but just be aware of the mold so we got that um fertilizer Fertilizer, I really don't use probably as much as I should. They recommend every, like, I think six months. I don't want to, you know, I'm terrible with it. But usually in the growing season, like in the spring, you're supposed to fertilize. So really, I dilute it. I spray a little bit not to burn my plants. And I'll give it to plants if I'm like, eh, you, you've been lacking some growth. You seem a little stagnant. Let me pump you full some fertilizer for a little bit, just as a little boost. But I don't think it's necessarily needed a hundred percent so you know do your own research see what you feel but me i personally don't use it a whole whole lot um potting potting definitely do your research um i generally let my plants sit in their nursery pots when i first get them those like plastic green plastic pots or the black plastic pots with the drainage holes this is totally okay don't freak out this is actually like the optimal pot that most plants should set in but they're not pretty what i've noticed a lot of people will do is they'll keep their plants in the nursery pot and they'll put them like still in the nursery pot they'll place them in a pretty pot to make it look like it's potted in this nice pot 
that's the best way to do it because sometimes pots don't have the right drainage. Some of them are decorative and they don't have drainage holes. I've had to have Derek drill so many drainage holes in my like ceramic pots because they don't have them. Um, cacti, sometimes you can get away with not having drainage holes if you lightly water it. Um, I found that it's not too much of an issue. But definitely be careful of your pot selection. Make sure there's drainage holes. Make sure you have a drainage tray as well um, so it can drain well. Make sure they don't get clogged. Um, Make sure when you're potting too that your plants don't have any hidden pests on them because wherever you go, sometimes the pests can be microscopic and it will take a couple weeks for them to grow bigger so you can actually see them like spider mites, um, aphids, Things like that, they'll show up. Like the aphids, I think that's how you pronounce them, look like little white specks of mold. <laughs> and then they multiply and they slowly like suck the chlorophyll out of the plants and they'll start to like brown. Same thing with spider mites. They look like little webs and stuff like that. It sucks. I've had that happen many times. Um, but usually if you get them from like a plant shop and not like a big box store, you're less likely to get pests because they're good about it. Um, but that's another reason I leave them in the, um, nursery pots. You know, I kind of quarantine them for a week or two, let them get acclimated. They're kind of stressed because they went from the greenhouse to the plant store to your house. So there's different climates. It's moving around a lot. You want to give it time to get acclimated. Um, but typically my go-to pots are terracotta. So like the, the red clay, um, they're really good for like moisture control or like just like a glazed pot. So it'll still be kind of out of clay, but it'll be a different pattern on the outside. Sometimes it's glazed on the inside as well. Um, plastic usually sucks. Um, maybe for outdoor plants on your porch or something, it, it works, but I don't like them. They... I don't know. They just don't do their job. (laughs) Not a fan of plastic. Um, Don't put a pot in too big. Don't put it in too big of a pot. Um, What I mean by that is you want the plant when you take it out and it has its little cone of dirt and the roots to probably have like half an inch of soil around like a little bit of a half half an inch to an inch of space when you're planting it um you want it to feel kind of snug um but you still want to give it a little bit of growing room because remember plants grow but they don't grow super fast usually like that um you might have to repot in a year or two but that's good they usually do better in a snug environment if it's too big and you you have all this extra space it, it the soil usually stays wet too long and it allows for the roots to rot. Um, so it's more prone to root rot that way. Um, also going back to the repotting, you may just need to change the soil and not give it a bigger pot. Um, sometimes, you know, it absorbs all the nutrients from the soil and it just needs a fresh, fresh soil. And sometimes that could be, you know, once a year, every two years, some are pickier than others. You know, I see grandmas that have, you know, the store-bought soil for their 50-year-old plant. They repotted it maybe like 10 years ago and it's thriving. So less is more. You don't need all the fancy stuff. Just remember that. Um, Sometimes, like I said, overdoing it and trying to finick with it too much could cause it to die. Um, speaking of overdoing it, watering, don't overwater your plants. Um, I used to think that you needed to water them every day because I remember, 
um watching i think it was like ellen or oprah or something like that when i was a kid and it was like you know water your plants and they were talking about outdoor plants okay and they're like water your plants and you know you want to water it till when you put the water on it like the soil doesn't look like it's going to absorb it like it doesn't suck it down as fast like it kind of lays on the top for a second because that means it has enough water well yeah outdoor plants have like the whole earth for the water to soak into right your plants have that little pot (laughs) which is why you don't have to water it every day most plants you don't have to water probably once a week some that are finicky or like now when i'm recording it's getting close to winter the air's drier you might have to do it every three to four days but it just depends on the climate like in the summer i find myself watering my plants usually less because it stays a little more humid um but in the winter i do water them a little more which is weird because i feel like that's the opposite of what they say but it's just the way my soil is and the way my air is um generally too you want to stick a finger in the soil um if it's about two inches down and it's still pretty dry or relatively bone dry you can definitely give it a good soak you could soak it till the water runs out the bottom you can bottom water so you get like a bowl or a plate filled with water and then just set the plant on top it's gonna soak up what it needs um so that prevents over watering um and also if your plant likes to stay humid i can uh would highly recommend a little mister or humidifier that you can use so they have some big ones um, if you have the space for it they have little battery operated ones that will miss your plants um, you could use those but you can also just use a spray bottle I use a spray bottle and mist mine like maybe one to two times a day um, so the water evaporates off I've seen some people I personally have never used this a pebble tray so they'll put um, pebbles on a tray underneath the plant they'll fill that with water and the water evaporates um, and keeps the plants moist that way okay so there's some things there filtered water also is usually best um things like a snake plant they're not gonna care um but some plants are more delicate and they're sensitive which i always giggle at because like we'll have plants growing through like sidewalk cracks right like not optimal outside but like my plant indoors which has perfect conditions will get like tap water and start dying (laughs) so usually what i do sometimes we'll buy like the filtered water in the jugs at the store you can do that um but we'll usually just fill a bottle i have a glass spray bottle that i got from target love it switched from plastic and i'll just fill it with tap water and i take the lid off and i let it sit for like 24 hours that usually allows any of the quote-unquote harmful chemicals things like chlorine and stuff um evaporate from the water and it kind of essentially filters it so it's better for the plant because usually those harsher chemicals they don't hurt us necessarily um but they will sometimes hurt the plant um and they could you know just mess it up so definitely good to do that it's not a make or break but if you find that your plants are um getting affected filtered water might be the trick like i think venus fly traps for some reason they're super sensitive they want the filtered water there's some plants that specifically need the filtered water um speaking of water gnat traps the little yellow stickies you usually just stick them into your um soil they kind of look like a post-it note sometimes they're shaped like a butterfly or a sun or whatever um but they're nice they're sticky on each side this is the easiest thing i've found especially having a cat you don't want to use any harmful pesticides or chemicals around them and especially around you right um 
this is going to be the easiest way if you have gnats. Um, just from watering, and I think when you have a lot more plants and you gather them together, it tends to stay a little more humid. Um, if you have bigger plants, you're probably going to stumble upon pests at one point or another. And um, I, I just use the stickies, like the gnats. And when I put the stickies in, it's kind of gross. You'll see they get stuck to it and they'll, it's slightly inhumane, but they will die. And sometimes when you put a sticky in, you'll see like 30 gnats on there and you're like, holy crap, all these guys were floating around. Cause they're so tiny. And a lot of times they live in the soil, they lay their eggs in the soil and then they come up. That's why you don't really notice them until they hatch. Um, a good way also, if you suspect that you have gnats, is to water your plants with hydrogen peroxide. Not pure, but do like, you know, your regular water, maybe put like, um, I'm trying to think, like a quarter cup per gallon, so maybe a couple teaspoons of hydrogen peroxide. You really only want maybe a quarter of the mixture that you're watering with, so three quarters water, a quarter of hydrogen peroxide. Um, and then water your plants. So it won't hurt the plant. It's actually healthy for the plant. The bubbles and the hydrogen peroxide help aerate the soil. It helps um, clean the roots essentially and it'll help kill any of the eggs from pests, gnats especially. So that's something you can do. Um, apple cider vinegar, rubbing alcohol, that's also good for various pests. I have had really bad... Um, aphids in my plants and I have done a mixture of Dawn dish soap with rubbing alcohol and water and soaked the heck out of that plant and multiple times. The plant was totally fine but the pests were dead. It kind of suffocates them um, and that's the best way to kill them without like hand picking them off so that's the best way you're gonna do that without pesticides and stuff like that. Okay, we're getting to the end of the line here. Hope you guys are learning stuff, taking notes. Again, you're going to find through trial and error. Like I said, this is just a general guideline. Some plants are more finicky than others. Excuse me. Some plants are more finicky than others. Others are um, easygoing. Just depends. Um, but you'll learn as time goes on. Do your research. Now, we're getting into where to buy. So... Where do you buy your plants? You may not have like a private plant shop around you. I am very fortunate and I have like five plant shops within an hour radius of me and they all kind of have different specialization. Like one does more outdoorsy plants. That's fun. Um, one might specialize more in goth plants. One does more big leafy rare plants. So it's really cool to see like how all of them have different their own thing. And like when you need something, you just go to that one. But usually a privately owned plant shop. One, you're supporting a small business, which is great. Two, um, sometimes the prices are a little higher than box, the big box stores, but sometimes they're cheaper as well. You're going to find more specialty plants at these, um, but sometimes you can get some good deals and you know they're going to be taken care of. They're going to be better quality. There's going to be a less chance of getting pests in them. Um, they're probably just going to be better all around. Um... And then you can also try online. I've seen a couple stores online where you can order plants and it's okay. I feel like sometimes in the shipping process though, it depends on the plant. I know they probably do their best to keep it the best, but sometimes, you know, for moving around and shipping, if it's cold, whatever, it may mess up your plants. Um, they're usually a little pricier online as well, as far as plants go. Um, 
it might not be worth it. You might as well just go somewhere unless you don't have access to the plants. Also check to see if you have any greenhouses around because a lot of the times greenhouses, they don't only have like landscaping plants. They'll have indoor plants and they're giant greenhouse. And again, that's another good quality to get through. And since they grow in bulk, they're probably going to be cheaper. So definitely do your research with that. Um, the big box stores like Lowe's and Home Depot, they can be good. You just kind of have to beware of pests. Um, definitely quarantine those plants for at least a week or two. Um, they do have sometimes like rare plants if you look, but I feel like like Home Depot and Lowe's, it's kind of like TJ Maxx or Home Goods, right? Like you don't know, it's going to be a different shipment every time you come into the store. So that's how those places operate. Like sometimes you'll get different plants, um, varieties. Like sometimes I'll go into a Home Depot and it'll have a super rare plant I've never seen before. Um, and I'll only see it one time and sometimes they have like absolutely no selection and it's like garbage. Um, I've had times where they've like left shipments out and it's free, it's frozen at night and, um, like they have them on a discount rack cause they're all half dead. <laughs> so you never know what you're going to get. Definitely check the clearance though. Um, sometimes broken pots. There might be ones that are really easily salvageable. This could be when you get a little bit further into your journey and you want to rehab plants. I absolutely love doing that. Definitely check around the changing of the seasons, like spring, um, between winter and spring and then fall to winter. When we were going into fall, I saw more so summer to fall, I guess. I saw so many discount plants. I tried so many at, and I got so many for like a buck a piece, four bucks, five bucks. Did a few die? Yeah, but a few survived. So that was pretty cool. And it's fun to try to rehab them and bring them back to life. So that's where we're at there. But all right. I feel like that was a lot. <laughs> My mouth is a little dry. I've been chatting. I didn't take a water break or anything, but I hope you learned a lot. Houseplant, house planting is kind of a passion of mine for sure. It's a nice hobby. It's a fun hobby. It's a good hobby for the environment. It helps filter your air. Um, and it's just something fun. So I hope you learned something. Uh, be sure to rate this podcast. Give it five stars. Leave a little written review if you'd like. There is a free gift in it for you if you do. Um, or you could just share this with a friend. Have another houseplant lover um, or somebody who wants to get into, you know, taking care of houseplants. Send them this their way. That'd be highly appreciated. Um, thank you again for your support and tune in for the next episode. Until next time, guys, have a great rest of your week. Bye now.